Hello, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Welcome to Life's Middle Moments. My name is Bree. I'm 25. I live in Texas and I am the daughter half of this mother-daughter podcast. Hello, I am Sheila. I live in Arkansas. I am 50 years old and I'm the mother half of this mother-daughter podcast. This week we're going to be sharing with you Life's Middle Moments in the Middle of Change. Today we thought we would talk about choices in life and the changes in life, choices that we make and the changes that we decide, but also some choices and changes that were made for us just because life Um, and how all of that has impacted future decisions and future changes and future life path, basically. Mm -hmm. So... Um, you know, life is kind of all about navigating changes because you know what they say, the only thing that's inevitable in life is change, right? Isn't that how that goes? Yes, that is the only constant in life is change. That's what it is. Yes. change. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not good with my quotes. I should write those down before we start, (laughs) but you know, not a, there's no saying more true than that Mm -hmm. so yes I agree before this we were talking about how you had some things happen like basically a choice was made for you and you were forced to change so I want to hear more about Mm -hmm. that if you want to start with an experience that you've had and you've had you know a beautiful life of lots of changes Mm -hmm. so I'm curious to hear about them yeah well I'm really excited to share with um, with you and, and our listeners just some of the things that happened because, you know, through all of the changes that were happening, most outside of my control, the thing that I felt the best about was um, being able to have a positive outlook um, in the end and to be able to see that all of the things that were happening, whether they be hard at the time or difficult to go through, so many of the things that happen in our lives are, there's a reason. So it was always, um, you know, the, the things that I'd like to share really showed me what the purpose was um, at the end. So, yeah, you know, one of the things, speaking of, of quotes and things you hear, and you try to remember, but I always remembered, and I think I've even mentioned this to you a few times when we've talked before, that you're not supposed to make more than one major life change within a year. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what it is, you know, buying a house or getting married or changing jobs or whatever it may be. And so interestingly, as I thought through what I was going to share uh, today, it was interesting that so many things happened within just a short three-year time span. So I found that uh, interesting. And then to see that I was able to make it to the other side of all of these challenges and changes too was something that showed me I had more strength than I realized that I did. But a lot of, uh, a lot of this story started at the beginning of 2011 and went through 2014. So within that three-year time span, a lot of, a lot of things happened. So 
that time frame started with the loss of my brother and um, he had a, a massive heart attack and it was, um, it was fatal and we lost him very quickly. And throughout the next time frame, um, within the next year or two, we went through other things, obstacles in our lives where uh, my sister had a stroke. Again, it was uh, something that came without notice. Um, we also had our mother was diagnosed with breast cancer and went through a series of radiation and chemotherapy and is um, still a, a survivor today. So we're very grateful that she uh, was able to go through what she did and still be here with us today. We also went through that time frame where your dad and I both lost people, other people close to us at the time as well. Uh, some uncles that we looked to as father figures and some other, you know, close friends and other people that we loved that was happening during that time frame. And then along the way, your brother joined the Air Force. And so we had, um, you know, he was going through basic training and then he ended up getting stationed several states away from us. And then we found out that things were becoming challenging at the place that I was working and some things, some changes were happening and taking place, some business changes and some um, management changes and the company was going through some downsizing. During the course of all that time, to top it all off, you were leaving me to go to college. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, there was that empty nest that was happening for us as well. Also, I want to make sure that everyone knows during this time frame, some really great things were happening for us as well. Um, you know, we gained a daughter in, in our daughter-in-law. Uh, we gained a granddaughter and there were some other uh, great things that were happening as well too. Not, not all was bad, but it just seemed like every time we turned around, something else was, was in, you know, we were facing. So during all of this time frame, I also found out that I had a birth defect called myocardial bridge. And eventually I ended up having to have open heart surgery. And, you know, part of the reason at my age that uh, they decided to go ahead and, and pursue checking my heart and doing more extensive tests was as a result of losing my brother and then my sister going through what she did. So thankfully, they, they really, you know, dug in deeper and figured out exactly what was going on. So I also went through open heart surgery uh, during that time frame. And so that was, an, again, something else that I was facing. And at some point, you know, throughout that time frame, even, even remembering in 2011 that I was having a lot of symptoms and then having my surgery in 2013, it was... You know, it was something that I knew something was wrong, but I didn't know exactly what it was. But during the whole process as well, as I mentioned, things were changing at, at the place that I worked. And, um, and that's really what I want to focus on. I mean, I wanted to share some of the other things that were happening in that time frame, just to kind of, you know, give a, a broad picture of a lot was happening. So we had a lot going on and there was just a lot of, a lot of unknown 
that was happening for us at that time. Some things were, as you mentioned, some things we were planning for and other things we weren't. So some things were, you know, very sudden and very devastating and, and very hard and challenging for us to go through. So during the time in 2011, I was, you know, going into work one day and I, I knew that our company was going through some changes. And I know a lot of people can relate to this because this seems to be a time when uh, corporations and companies do a lot of restructures and they do a lot of downsizing and businesses change and you can have loss of business and that shifts and makes them, you know, put pen to paper to determine where, you know, what's the bottom line, what's the profitability, how can we keep all of these people employed? And unfortunately in September of that year, I went into work and was called into the office and at that time I was told that I was part of the downsizing and my job would be eliminated at the end of the month and I was just devastated. I was going through, you know, um, as I mentioned, just so many different things medically with my family and uh, the loss of my brother and just so many things that were happening. So it was pretty traumatic to hear and to, to sit there in that chair and to realize that the job I'd been coming to for five and a half years was um, going to be eliminated. And I was at that point trying to figure out what to do because how was I even going to be in any frame of mind to even try to find something else at this point with all of these things going on in my personal life. Fortunately, for, for me, a couple of days later, I got called back into the office again and was told that uh, some discussions had been made and they had made some changes that meant that my job was not going to be eliminated and I would just be able to continue on. So I was kind of like on this roller coaster of emotions and trying to figure out what that meant. Now, I would like to say during this time frame, I had coworkers who had become some of my very closest friends that were not fortunate enough to be brought back in to be told that they were keeping their jobs. So I was, you know, in a, in a state of grief for them because they were losing their jobs. Then I had that feeling of guilt that I was keeping mine. And there was a lot of that going on as well, too. So, I, you know, I just want to bring that up because I think it's important for people to know when people are going through situations like that, when companies are downsizing and you don't, you don't work in the same department or the same company or next to the same, you know, next to the cubicle of the person that you don't eventually just become best friends with. You know, most of us, that's what happens. We spend the bulk of our time with the people that we work with. Mm -hmm. So they become family members to us. That's something that I understand at a corporate level and financially decisions have to be made. But that was one of the hardest times to go through feeling that sense of relief that I wouldn't have to look for another job. I would just be able to continue on and knowing that, several of my closest friends were 
in a panic and in a really hard situation and trying to figure out what they were going to do and where they were going to go. Gratefully for all of them, they ended up in really great situations with, with great companies and, and are thriving today in the positions and within the companies that they went to. So I guess that's the kind of looking down the road that we're not always able to see that um, sometimes things work out for the better when we don't realize it at the time. After putting everything I had into, into my job that I had the energy to at that point, uh, because now we were, we had less people and the jobs still had to be done. And although business was, was less than it had been, it was still a very stressful situation. So for those few of us that were still there, um, it just added another layer of stress. So here I was, I had all of these, you know, personal things going on, all of these people in my life that I loved and cared deeply about that were going through so many different things. And then I was, I was going through it with them and, and I was trying to be there to support them. And then not even realizing at that time, even still yet, that I had a, a, a major health issue of my own that I would, you know, soon have to be figuring out what to do with or how to, how to get through. So it was, it was just really challenging. Again, it's bittersweet. You know, you're grateful to have the job, but you know, there's the other side of it that, that has created so many other challenges within itself with the stress and the volume of work and, and then the outside things that are still continuing to go on. Again, most of them you have no control over. Mm -hmm. So then we fast forward um, on into 2013 when, um, you know, getting you through your graduation and your high school graduation and, and getting you ready that summer to head off to college. We were, uh, we'd made some trips out to see your brother in the Air Force, and uh, we had our daughter-in-law on her way to come stay with us uh, to prepare for the birth of our first grandchild. And so there, again, there was a lot of great things that were happening, but I was just completely exhausted and just didn't, you know, didn't know exactly what, what was going on. Yeah. And that was about the time, you know, that I found out that I had the birth defect on my heart and they decided to do the open heart surgery. And uh, I mean, that was my best, that was my best course of action. And to this day, seven years after that, I'm still very grateful that that's the choice I made. Mm -hmm. Although it was really uh, challenging afterwards and I wanted to take it back, <laughs> make another choice and yeah. do something different. But I did that and, uh, and you guys were all there and so supportive and um it really, you know, it was really the biggest thing for me to see the love and support of all of my friends and family and everybody just being there for me. So that was really, that was really a, a great thing to experience. So that all happened around August of 2013. And I had to go through 12 weeks of rehab and physical therapy after I had recovered from the open heart surgery. So that took me into the end of the year and uh, just into the first of 2014. And I was just getting back to work full time and getting back on track, digging right in <laughs> and getting myself completely engulfed in work and, and everything else in life and living and 
again, being so, feeling so blessed and grateful that it had been caught and that I was, you know, that I had recovered and was doing so well. And um, around February, I was called into the office (laughs) and I sat in almost the exact same chair. And I was told for a second time with the same company that they were going through another downsizing and that my job was being eliminated. The difference being this time it was immediate. So it was one of those, uh, we need you to go back to your office, clear your things, take your time. If you, if you need some help or if you need to come back up here, you know, that's fine. But today's your last day. And the, the funny thing was, um, after my first downsizing situation, I had streamlined my office. I had streamlined everything about my personal aspects within the office. So I really didn't have much to take with me. I mean, just a few pictures and, uh, you know, it, it were the, the second time was definitely a lot easier. I mean, I had kind of over the last two years or so, I had dwindled through stuff and taken little small increments of things uh, home because again, knowing the business was changing with the company that I was with, uh, it wasn't completely without some insight that things were happening. And really I'm grateful that I was able to get through my surgery and my physical therapy and everything and get myself healthy and in a really good uh, frame of mind before before I did uh, ultimately uh, get let go. I will say that my outlook the second time was completely different than my outlook the first time because um, it was, uh, I still had a few friends that were still left at the company and they were devastated and so upset and could not believe that, that they were losing me there and that we weren't going to see each other every day. And I had just this huge sense of relief. I just felt like all of the added stress and worry and wondering, because that's what you go through when you're in a, in a company that's, that's not been stable. I mean, I've seen companies go through multiple, multiple downsizing situations, and this company did. And um, it was unfortunate it was so nerve wracking to wonder day to day, week to week, month to month, was, was your time coming, you know? So it was just a hard situation um, overall being there and going through that over those two years uh, timeframe that, that all of that was happening. And, you know, sitting back and taking a deep breath every time you missed the next round of layoffs, it was like, okay, well, okay, so I'm going to, I'm going to be here a little bit longer. So really, honestly, that second time was just this huge sense of relief. I, I, I didn't even miss a beat. I decided, um, I got into this very positive mindset. I didn't let any time go. I got up the next morning as if I was just going to get up to go to work. I got ready. I pulled out the computer. I started, um, looking up, job openings. I started honing up my resume. I started getting that out in front of people. You know, within the next week or two, I already had some interviews. I looked up 
classes and courses at the local community college. And I thought, well, if I'm going to have some time, let's make some use of this. You know, what can I improve on? What other things are out there that I should be working on? What path do I want to get on now? You know, because here's what I've done the last seven and a half years. What do I want to do in the next seven years? What's, what's my next goal? I just really started, you know, brainstorming and uh, looking up coursework. I signed up for a class. I was not going to let any day in front of me come without motivation for my future and for what was happening in front of me because I really looked at it as this, everything has happened for a reason, Mm -hmm. that, that there's a reason. So looking back, I was in such a better place in my mind, body, health, everything that the, at the second time than I was the first had it all happened like it was supposed to or was planned from the company's perspective mm-hmm. the first time I don't know where my path would have gone I don't know how well I would have survived that I I was so engulfed in so many tragedies and and obstacles and challenges that were happening around me that I don't know where I, I don't know where I would have been, but, it, but over the next course of the next two years, I was able to continue to go to a job that I knew and I did well. And I, I knew that I would, f- at, at the end of every day, I would feel like I had accomplished something. It was a familiar focus that I had. And I was grateful for it. So the second time, you know, my, my head was just a little more clear. My health was 100% better than it had been before. Um, I was just in a much better place. You know, you guys were further along in the things that were happening with you. With everything, it was just, it was just such a better timing. And from there, you know, I shifted gears a little bit. And although I stayed in a similar business sector, I, I moved a little bit and kind of kind of moved a little bit more on another side of it and uh, started moving that direction more so and I'm still doing it today and and it was it's been the best experience that I could have had and I look at things just totally different now because I have I've worked at a couple of different places since then in finally finding a place that I'm I'm extremely happy at one thing I've learned you know, along the way, working with different companies, it's, it's kind of how to keep my eyes open and my ears open to what's happening and to really be more involved in the business aspect of what's happening with the company that I'm working for. And also, as far as even the outside things that are happening in the world, my outlook is just so much broader. And I just know that there's, there's a reason that I went through what I did to get to where I'm at mm-hmm. and to be in this place in my life and to be able to, to show my kids and my, my family and my friends that you can have some extreme challenges in your life that come with absolutely no notice whatsoever. And it's what you do with those. And that's what's going to determine 
where you're going to be on the other side of that. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's really, I guess, the thing that I learned most was as, as crazy, crazy as I know it probably sounds, but going through my open heart surgery and seeing the, I don't know, I guess the fragility of life and knowing that at any moment, all of these material things, your job and your career and your monetary valuables are not really that valuable when it comes down to being faced with a life or death situation and you start to really figure out the things that are most important to you in your life and the things that from that point on, you're not going to be willing to compromise on. Yeah. And, and that's where I was at. Yeah. And so, you know, coming through it on the second wave, that was the best timing for me and I, and I'll forever be grateful for it because I was in a different mindset and my, my outcome of all of it could not have been better. I think people make choices for us, like in your situation, but without realizing it, that's actually creating a choice for us too. And it's Mm -hmm. how do we react to this? Many people may have stormed out of the office that day. And then when they retracted their, you know, layoff, Mm -hmm. they would have said, no, forget you. I don't even care because their ego is so big. And like you said, there were other things to focus on that you were very level-headed and you decided like, what's the best move right now to create a little bit more stability. I mean, I can't imagine going back into work and facing the people who just tried to let me go. How awkward, Mm -hmm. you know, not really for you, Mm -hmm. but like for them. And I just feel like that would be awkward. And like you said, your friends were leaving and some are staying and it's such a weird position, but you have to know for you, now you're looking, you're keeping your eye out on the side, but you also recognize that like, this is a smart move for me right now. And like, I'm going to, I'm going to coast like this happened to me, but that Mm -hmm. doesn't define me the way that I react to it defines me. And Mm -hmm. you just, like you said, you were dealing with other things too. And that takes more energy. So knowing where to place your mental and emotional energy is really important too. And I totally believe that everything does happen for a reason and in perfect timing when we are ready to make different decisions. And so the second Mm -hmm. time you're faced with it, it was like, okay, the timing is right. And now I'm ready to move on. And I think a lot of people, for every, all of us, when choices are made for us, especially losing a job, there's kind of a grieving period because you're like, what do I do now with my life? Like it totally Mm -hmm. throws off your whole plan and you're back to square one. And if you have a family to feed and, and it's like kind of an ego, you know, a hit to the ego that now you're not functioning in society anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's like this thing where you're like, I need to find another job fast. And you just feel so unstable, Mm -hmm. but I'm happy that you were able to realize like, yeah, no more. Like that day comes finally mm-hmm. when you're like, I've grieved enough. I'm pulling my pants mm-hmm. up and I'm, I'm doing what is going to make me happy and what's going to make me better. Mm-hmm. So you're, that's so true because I can still specifically, I will probably always remember if I don't remember much out of my life, two things I will always remember are those two drives home and they were so very different. My mm-hmm. first drive home, the first time it happened I was devastated. 
I was crying uncontrollably. My job was my life. It was, it was what defined me. It was, Mm -hmm. it was everything that had meaning in my life. And like you said, it was a support system for my family. And it was, I was completely lost in what am I supposed to do now that this has happened? I just remember making that drive home and coming in and sitting down and just devastated. It, It was devastating. And the second drive home, totally different. Mm -hmm. I was, like I said, I had that sense of relief. I had finally had the sense of knowing what, you know, my future was no longer there and that it was a, it was wide open for me to decide Mm -hmm. what my future is going to be. But like you said, the first time that it happened, I was still trying, knowing that you were going to be coming home from school soon and knowing that I would be letting you know what had happened, or you would obviously be wondering what was wrong because I'm pretty sure you can look at me and see, um, <laughs> uh, because I literally was that devastated. And I mean, it was, I was just, I was a basket case to say the least. <laughs> um, and I just, but I do still remember even in those moments trying to set an example for you. I still remember trying to use very strong words Mm -hmm. to let you know that everything was going to be okay. Even if I didn't believe it myself in that moment. Yeah. (laughs) But I knew that I would be picking up and figuring out what I was going to be doing next. You know, I did really feel, you know, knowing that I had until the end of the month. I, you know, so I was like, okay, I have a few weeks here to figure out what's going on. This is, it's going to be fine. It's going to work out fine. Yeah. Not feeling, um, you know, overly excited a couple of days later when I was told that they were actually going to, you know, keep my position and keep me there. It was still, there was a sense of relief knowing I didn't have to make any other decisions right now. Right. So So that was the big thing. And then two years down the road, I was so excited that I was able to make decisions. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it was a totally different path. So, yeah. And I liked what you said when you were saying this taught you a really valuable lesson of trying to keep your eye on everything that's happening and Mm -hmm. being really observant of other people in your life and the situations, because now you're able to sniff it out. And I remember like in other jobs that you would have after and we'd talk about it and you'd say, I think something's going on. Mm-hmm. I think I might need to start looking for the next place on the side, just in case, like I like this job, but I can kind of tell that things are starting to happen and it's like hush. Right. And that's mm-hmm. so smart. I think we all can get into a routine of like show up, mm-hmm. go home, show up, go home. And it, mm-hmm. we don't really think about the longevity I did. I truly made the decision on that second drive home. I made the decision from that point on, I would be the one in control Mm -hmm. of my career for the rest of the time I had to work. Um, I just remember thinking if it's at all within my control and anything that I can do that I'm going to make it happen. 
whether it be that I'm listening and I'm picking up on things and I'm making shifts and changes within that company, or I'm making the decision to move on because I know what's coming down the pipe. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, it really was a very empowering feeling that I drove home with that day, knowing that I was no longer going to put my blinders on mm-hmm. and sit back and wait, you know, for things to happen. And then I did, I just, you know, talking with you and, and others from that time frame on, it's just continuing to make sure that other people are aware of that as well. You know, we've talked about this a lot that your job does not define you. That's not you. That's not who you are. That's something that you do. And maybe you're passionate about it. Maybe you love what you do and that's great, but that's not who you are. That's what you do. Right. So that's, you know, that's something too. You can get up and enjoy going to work every day. And like I said, I'm grateful. I really enjoy the job that I'm doing right now and the company that I work for. But again, the most important thing in my life is the people that I love and the people that mean so much to me. And they are always, from this point on, they're going to come first if there's a situation where I would have to make a choice. Um, I, I didn't always feel that empowered to, to even say that, to even think that. I know that you've gone through some different uh, changes and choices in your life too. So Yeah, um, and my... I, I hate making decisions. I'm a type nine on the Enneagram. If you, you know, pay attention to the Enneagram and one of our qualities is that we hate making decisions because we don't like conflict. And I'm always so scared of the outcome, no matter what, I'm not a pessimist. I just am so worried about making the right choice. And Mm -hmm. I always think about my future, even though I'm, even though I find comfort in everything happens for a reason I still struggle with letting go of like trying to determine what my future should look like or is supposed to not even should look like, like what is my path supposed to be? (laughs) I want to follow that to a T. So I hate making decisions. I would rather have choices be made for me and then react to them because I think I'm good at that. But my biggest struggles have come from times, pivotal moments in my life where it's like, it is time to make a change. Like, when you graduate high school, what am I going to do? And for, for me, like some of them are easy. I'm like, well, I really want to go to college. Where do you want to go? Well, I only like these two places. So I'm going to see who <laughs> pays me more to go there. And because I was struggling, well, my life's going to be so different depending on which college I go to, which is true. And so I wanted them to make that decision yeah. for me and they did. So I took, you know, one with a higher scholarship and that was that. But then after college is that time where it's like totally up to you to go anywhere or anytime you enter the workforce, like after high school and you decide you're going to enter the workforce, whatever you choose, you have chosen a path for a while and you're trying to find stability in that. And Jonathan and I had gotten engaged a little before graduation, but I was deciding he was from Houston, you know, and I was like, well, I know I don't want to live in Arkansas. So I guess Houston's where I'm going to go. And so for me, that decision was sort of made for me and I was okay with it but then getting married like that is a huge decision oh and moving it was just a lot and it was something that I always wanted to do but pulling the trigger on it was really difficult and one time I was staying with him here after we were engaged and 
so we had like I think spent the day just kind of talking about wedding stuff and like marriage and when we went to bed that night of course he's sleeping like a baby and I just I cried I just cried all night because I was like what am I doing is this what I want and then I felt so guilty Mm -hmm. because I was like but I love him like it is it him or is it not him is it me is it marriage like I couldn't put my finger on what was giving me so much stress and I also didn't want to tell anybody because I thought that would make people like that would look like our relationship was on the rocks and I didn't want to give people any kind of impression and I didn't want them stepping in and saying like I just didn't want anybody to tell me what to do in my own relationship and I also didn't know what was wrong that's kind of like what we were talking about in the anxiety episode Mm -hmm. I can't go to somebody with a problem if I don't know what the problem is and I just Mm -hmm. didn't know what it was and it all boiled down to like I'm just about to make a total life decision like you can always move back places Mm -hmm. you can always change jobs but getting married is such a huge decision that involves usually your whole families a lot of money and I was realizing also that I'm going to be sharing 50% of my life and 50% of all future decisions with somebody else I think I had I really resisted that because I always had this plan when I went to college I was like no boys I'm gonna move to a big city and I'm gonna be an independent single woman and live life and have all these adventures and then it was like of course I get into a serious relationship you know my first year basically of college and I didn't feel trapped but I was like really mad that I felt like that part of me had died you know or I was not gonna get to do certain things So Mm -hmm. I struggled with that for a long time. And I was like, it's just cold feet. I don't know. But then I would also cry because I'm like, but I can't picture not doing that. Like when I picture my future, that that's what I picture. But then I was like, but am I supposed to like, am I supposed Mm -hmm. to get married young? Why can't we just wait? Mm -hmm. And then he's over here like, what do you mean? Wait, it's been five years. (laughs) Like, I don't know. That was, yeah, I will say that everything like that, it's scary, you know, and nobody likes fear. But we we have to face it sometimes. And it's just, that was part of your unknown. Yeah. You didn't know what was in front of you. Yeah. yeah. And thinking like this whole lifetime, the plan the whole time was to move down here. And I wanted to do that. And that gave me no issues. And so right after like my lease was up in the summer, I moved down and then I didn't have like my own life here. Like I kind of realized that although my dream was always to move off to a different city and like start a new life. I never pictured that the person, like I would move with somebody who had an established life and how jealous I would be of not having Mm. an established life and how like awkward and weird that could be. And so he's over here with his like career and I'm just literally at first didn't have anything. And then I kind of had some odd jobs that he got me. So I also was like kind of mad because I couldn't get anything on my own. And what I went to school for was not panning out. And I also didn't want it to. So then I had regret of like, why did I get this degree? I don't even feel passionate anymore about it. I don't know. I just was Mm -hmm. like, what do I do next? And I wasn't like you. Like, I wasn't excited (laughs) about what I do. I was just kind of like a sitting duck. But making all these decisions like you gave me a lot of perspective and realizing like you 
we always worry which decision is going to be the right one. But if we just trust that no matter what we choose, we are going to adapt and we can overcome regardless, Mm -hmm. I think we'll be so much happier and so much more relieved when we make these decisions. And so I just kind Mm -hmm. of was thinking, this is what I want in the moment. And my fear lies in what is the outcome of this decision beyond what I can see in my head. So, and of course, Mm -hmm. I mean, everything turned out beautifully. And now it's so weird because I got into a field that I did nothing. I went, did not go to school for it. And I never really thought that I would be doing this and I love it. And I love my life here. And I'm like, wow, just imagine if I had listened to my fears. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure I would have adapted, but it would be so different. And Mm -hmm. I like this way. So, well, and I think that that's one of the the fortunate things that came out of my situation when it came to giving advice to you and your brother, as you guys were starting to figure out what you were going to do for the rest of your lives was it's okay to try multiple things. Like I don't, I, I didn't feel that young and just starting into a career. I felt like you go there, you work, you do it every day, you retire like, mm-hmm. I just thought that's what you did. Right. And and I thought it was um, so many decisions were made for me, you know, up until a certain point. And I just, um, one of the things I wanted to always try to conf- convey to you guys was the fact that the choices are out there. And it's, and if it takes you a little bit to figure that out, that's okay. Like, you don't have to have the answers overnight. Mm-hmm. And you can make a bad choice. Yeah. And recover from it and move forward and then make a really good choice you know Mm -hmm. there's there's so many there's so many anything else that might be in my future (laughs) sorry and I really I just want to say thank you to anyone who's been out there listening to our podcast because this has been such a great platform for us to really talk through so much stuff and if it's you know if it's touched anyone out there or benefited anyone or if they just enjoyed listening just all together. Um, Thank you so much. We are just um, so grateful to have you guys join us on these weekly conversations that we have and, and hopefully um, they're relatable and can help someone along the way. Yeah. If you want to send us a message, we have an Instagram now to communicate with people. It's called life's middle moments pod like our name, our title, and then just pod short for podcast. And um, you can send messages or just follow us. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we'll get more content as this grows or leave a review or anything. um, Any critiques or I guess the best version of ourselves are always up there. Mom. And thank you for being here. Anybody else who is virtually here with us. Yes, Um, absolutely. And uh, we would love to hear I will see you then. Yes, that sounds good. All right. Well, you guys take care and we'll talk to you guys soon. All right. We'll talk to y'all soon too. Love you. Love you too. Bye-bye. Okay. Hang out for just a minute. (laughs) Because.